Welcome to episode 19 of the This Is Reportage podcast. My name is Alan Law, I'm the founder of This Is Reportage, and I'm a wedding photographer too. Today, I'm really excited to have the fab Rocio Vega with us. Rocio was one of our top photographers of 2019 and has won six awards from us, including three story awards, which is an awesome feat. She says so much today, including being empathetic and the importance of that, not shooting what everyone else shoots, one of her favorite current Netflix series and why she recommends watching it, especially if you've got kids, how moments are like waves and searching for the peak, her relationship with a fellow brilliant wedding photographer, Frank Boutonnet, adding variety to your inspiration diet and so much more. And before we get on to Rocio though, I just want a, a quick word about obviously the thing that's on all of our minds, um, coronavirus. This episode with Rocio was actually recorded six weeks ago. So if you're wondering why we don't talk about it in the episode, that's because it wasn't what it was back then. Um, also, you know, I had, you know, almost two minds about whether to, to be putting out another podcast episode, really, when obviously everyone's minds are on something else. But, you know, my personal thoughts, and I'm not a um, virus expert, I'm not a, a contract law expert, you know, and I'm not really, well, I'm not an expert, I don't think. Um, but my own personal viewpoint is that we've, we've just got to carry on. We've got to carry on. We've got to stay positive even though i know i'm in the same boat as everyone in the in anyone that's in a in the wedding industry in well virtually any industry around the world isn't it but you know specifically as us as wedding photographers it's it is very scary it's scary we can't deny that but the community has been so good as it always is banding together to help each other out if we can't make it and offering loads of different tips and advice on how they're dealing with like some you know postponements and i also hear good stories you know how it's not all doom and gloom. It's not all just cancellations. There are lots of people who still want to get married, obviously, and they're they're kind of they're postponing to kind of midweek dates at, at times as well. So, yeah, we just need to carry on, stay positive, and hopefully, you know, we've had feedback before about how the podcast people have been listening all over the world and listening to it has made them feel a bit more connected to the community and not so alone. So, hopefully, I'm going to carry on with these and carry on, obviously, with reportage and and all my own personal wedding photography as well. And I hope you all. You know, we'll do the same and stay as positive as we can. But anyway, enough of that. On to Rocio. Hey, Rocio, how are you doing? Hello, Alan. Fine, thank you. Good, good stuff. Thank you for talking to me. Oh, thanks for asking. Oh, it's an honor to, to be speaking to you, it really is. How's things with you? You're, are you in Spain at the moment? Yes, I'm in Spain. I'm, I'm actually home, so it's, it's good. And today's a sunny day. It's rare, but it's good. <laughs> rare, is it? Isn't it always sunny in Spain? No. Oh, I know. Everybody thinks that, but it depends on where you live, you know. And I live in the in the north, oh, okay. or northwest actually. I live near the mountains, so actually from my window I can see the snow in the in the mountain, and uh, it rains a lot. So it's <laughs> a really beautiful place because it's green. But uh, so far we have I have been here for two weeks and it's been raining every day. Oh, no. So it's nice. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. It's and it's sunny. It's a sunny day in Britain at the moment as well. And that's rare. So that's that's all good. That's good. <laughs> um, and how are you doing at the moment? Is it the kind of quiet season for you at the moment, I guess, as it is for all of us? Is is there a quiet season? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it's like <clears throat> I always have so many things to do. Like, mm. okay, all my weddings are delivered, everything is done. That was in December. Uh, I took some free days in January because I have a, a special visit from my family. and uh, But still, you know, you always 
are you're always doing something and uh, now it's been two weeks like really productive weeks i'm doing a lot of keynotes pdfs and information and gathering this and doing that and making this better and my website and blah, 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 you know it's thousands of things so so mm, yes it's <laughs> quiet but busy <laughs> you do sound busy yeah because you recently announced a couple of workshops as well didn't you is it in Rotterdam and Madrid so are you preparing for those and things yes so I'm preparing exactly I'm preparing for those I have the workshop in Madrid and a workshop in Rotterdam so and I'm putting in new information and I have to do actually I have to do it twice because I have to do everything in English and then everything in Spanish. Oh wow, wow. Yes, and most of my material is in English. So I'm translating everything to Spanish. And uh so it takes time. <laughs> yeah, I bet. <laughs> do you must enjoy your workshops? You've done quite a lot of them now, haven't you? And speaking at conferences, um, I guess you enjoy them. Do you still get nervous about doing them? Or? Oh, yes, but you know, like it's a, I, I like to think it's not nervous, but it's excitement. Right. So always before before you give a speech, you are you're nervous, you're excited about it. And you I always try to to feel the ambience and I want to give, you know, so it's a big responsibility for me. I think that being a speaker, it's a it's a huge responsibility. So I take it as that and I. I like to be prepared and everything, so you're always nervous. But once you do the first step and you start, it's like if I double myself. So it's like I get out of my body. And sometimes I even have conversations with my two me's in my <laughs> head, you know? <laughs> so weird. That's cool, though. It happened, it happened to me the first time I gave a speech in Spanish because I always, most of the time I give it in English. And uh, so I'm used to to talk in English, to say the things my way in English. If I make a mistake, I'm okay because, you know, I'm not an English speaker. So everyone is good with that. And uh, But in Spanish, uh, it was in FDF in Sevilla. And it was super funny because uh, for one week, I was with Luis Garban. We were hanging around all the time. And uh, for me, the Mexican accent is super contagious. <laughs> super super contagious i grew up watching mexican uh, tv oh, you know? okay cool so for me it's natural and <laughs> then i was i was speaking in spanish but with a mexican accent <laughs> so inside myself was like oh my god rocio you're speaking mexican <laughs> i was like yes i know shut up just <laughs> let me go on and actually at the end some people were like oh we thought you were colombian but <laughs> 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 so, you know, funny. in my head, I have a mix of things like Colombian, Spanish, Spanish from Spain. When I am with a Mexican or somebody else, I, I tend to I'm a really empathic person. OK, so I've learned that uh, when you're empathic, you 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 try to unconsciously you speak like the other person speaks, you know, oh, because okay. that way you are like in the same channel. And uh, so, for example, if I'm with a a Spanish speaker, but that it's not native, and they speak a weird Spanish. Uh, if I with them more than three days, I will start speaking that weird Spanish too. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that helps you bond with your clients as well, and and the people you're photographing, you know, at a wedding? Oh yes, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all about empathy. It's it's like, a, but it's things that you do unconsciously, and you you mirror. You mirror uh, ways of expression, how you move your hands, how to sit down, and and also the speaking part. 
And uh, some things you can do consciously, but most of the things you, you can do it consciously, like for five minutes, mm -hmm. but then afterwards you just forget about it. So, and I think I am really empathic person. Like when I'm with someone that wants to cry, but cannot cry, I cry for them. <laughs> that really yes. is empathic. Oh. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, you have to, to learn to, to accept it. Mm. And to learn that what that you're crying, but that it that does doesn't belong to you. Mm. I don't know if you get. Yeah, my... <laughs> I know. Yeah, I know what you mean. But I guess that that in, that high level of empathy must really help with capturing moments. It's you know oh, it's so yes. integral. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's a great tool I have. I feel blessed because I have this ability, and it's amazing because I can see when I can feel not see I can feel when somebody is getting emotional when someone wants to cry and they don't allow themselves. I feel it, so I think that helps me, especially to um, predict that that a big emotion is going to happen. Right. And yeah. I also I observe, so I see the hands, and in, with the hands people speak a lot, you know. So I'm always looking at the hands, like so. So when people are moving their hands, are touching, are doing some weird things, I know they're getting emotional. So I get ready. So when if they cry, I am ready for it because I can feel it. That is. Makes well, sense. that's cool. <laughs> have, have you have you always been empathic um, empathetic empathic's not a word empathetic like have you always been like growing up as a kid or is this something that's happened to you from being a photographer oh i think i've been always uh, like this now i'm more conscious about it i was not conscious about it before and i i read a lot about it and i it's like everything in life it's like a muscle so if you train yourself if you know you have an ability and you don't use it, it is there. But if you use it consciously and you work on it, it becomes an amazing tool. So, so yes, uh, uh, I think I started working on myself. Well, actually, when my, when my son was born 11 years ago, and it's been a... <laughs> It's been a long journey. I've been done a lot of things and read a lot of things and therapists and things and blah, blah, blah. But all this grew, grew up in me in many ways. And one of the ways is also empathy. Yes. Well, that's, that's cool. And you can see it in your work, you know, in the moments you capture. Thank um, you. You were born in Colombia, I think. And, yes. uh, as you said, and then you, you went to Spain to study cinematography. Is that right? Yes. Uh, when I was uh, 20 years old. Right. Okay. What were you like as a kid and how did you get into weddings then? Oh my God. So, <laughs> you know, like I just gave a speech about this. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> so my so good. I, I, I can tell you exactly. Okay, but that's good. the thing is that I don't think that I only know one photographer, wedding photographer that dreamt to be a wedding photographer when he was a kid. Mm -hmm. Like actually it's, it's not common to, mm. to dream to be a wedding photographer when you're a kid. Yeah. So actually, when I was a kid, I, was, I, I dreamed to be um, a flight attendant. But because oh, really? I wanted oh, cool. to travel all around the world. Right, okay. Exactly. But then, um, you know, you, you grow up. And, and when I was like eight years old, my aunt, my favorite aunt, was uh, taking photograph uh, classes. And uh, so, so she had the camera and I was like, instantly uh, attracted to it and she would lend me her camera and she was just explaining me you know like the old cameras there was the this uh, stick with a little ball and then the other stick that moved 
And she told me, you just have to align both of them and that's it. Okay. And she will lend me her camera to do little things. So, so since I was little, I was really close to photography and, but I, I wanted to be, to be an economist (laughs) because I loved math. Okay. Yes. So, but actually at the end, I, I was all the time doing photography and taking photography classes. And so I left everything for photography because at some point I realized that was not, that was not my thing. You know, I started university. So I studied for two years, uh, political science. Oh my oh, God. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and economics. And I was doing two, two careers. And in order to do this, you have like two years of trial and you have to have a really high uh, grades so that they accept okay. you in both um, curriculums, you know. Mm-hmm. So I was f- for these two years and I had like uh, four, four, three over five uh, in my grades. And um, and then I received this uh, this letter that uh, allows me that tells me that I, I am good to do the two the two programs. Yeah, you cool. know? But the day I received that letter, I remember so much. I was in the stairs in the university, in, in the University of Los Andes. It's one of the best universities in South America, in Colombia. And I remember reading this letter and I didn't feel anything. I didn't feel joy. I didn't feel it in my chest, you know. Yeah. And that was the moment when I realized, oh, my God, I cannot do this in my life. I cannot yeah. do something that I'm not thrilling about. So that was the exact moment when I decided that I was going to stop all that and I wanted to do photography. Wow, that's quite a moment. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then said, so how did you go from that realization to, to really getting into the photography then? So then I started uh, thinking, what do I do? I wanted to study in Colombia, but my family was not um, uh, very happy with the idea oh, okay. that I was leave all these things just for photography and you know like in South America back then in Colombia being an artist and photography was like what Mm -hmm. what are you going to do of your (laughs) life and and then so I started I wanted to go to United States but it was too expensive so then I wanted to go to Australia but it was too far away Mm. then I wanted to go to Italy but I had to learn Italian super mega fast (laughs) so it was like okay let's go to Spain (laughs) (laughs) And that's why I ended up in Spain, you know. Right. Okay. Well, was it quite easy to just go over to Spain then and, and start going to university there? And... Wow. You know, like everything at the beginning, it's really hard. So, but I, I managed my, my family accepted. My, my grandmother was the one helping me out. She said, right. if uh, young people want to to fly, let them fly. Because she made a lot of questions to me and she made a lot of propositions, you know, like keep on studying and just do a side photography. And I was like, nope. Or you can keep on studying and when you finish, then you do photography. And I told her, I don't want to be 40 years years old, look back and see that I've wasted my life doing mm-hmm. something I don't like. Yeah. And then she was she was like, okay, you're right. So you just have to do it. And um, so I had to do it. I, my mom was helping me just uh, like paying something, but then I, I had to work. So I arrived to Spain and I was an English teacher. Oh, so wait, I, wow, that's cool. Yes, in 
English has helped me wow. so much. <laughs> and did you know anybody in Spain when you moved over? Did you have any family well, or anything? I have a far cousin from my mom. Right, she was okay. living in Spain. So she, she welcomed me in her home for one month. And that helped a lot. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, wow, so you're teaching English. Um, and I can hear your English is great. That's so cool. Um, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and then you, you were studying cinematography. So then how, how did you get to do, how did you get into weddings in the end then? So, so I studied cinematography because it was like, in my mind was like, oh, just studying photography, it's like too weak. So mm -hmm. first year I did uh, cinematography and lighting. And so to be a director of photography, and it was just amazing. But then the second year was going to be like for TV. And I was like, oh, no, that's not my thing. So I changed um, and I went to FT. This is the best uh, photography school in Spain. Oh, cool. And I studied um, photography, like general photography for one year. And when we were here in these classes, a guy came and he offered a, a job uh, for the Saturdays for weddings. So, you know, I was paying my own things. And I was like, okay, cool. Uh, I will do that. <laughs> I hated every single Saturday of those. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, no. <laughs> but I learned uh, what I didn't like and what I didn't want to do. Uh, so that okay. was a really good thing. Because, uh, you know, you arrive there at 8 in the morning and they will tell you, you go to this place and this place and you do this. And you were lucky if they give you two weddings because sometimes you were just doing one part of one wedding and the other part of another wedding. So that was uh, great because at the end you worked the same amount of hours, but you you charge double. <laughs> right, okay, cool. And, uh, but you have like really restricted things, you know. Actually, I started by doing the video. Oh, did you? Um, oh, cool. Yes, it was such a big camera. You cannot imagine like these big, big cameras in yeah. your shoulder. And then with the big uh, batteries for the for the lighting and all these things, it was uh, awful. <laughs> but it was everything really staged, you know, like look at the flowers, look at me, put your face right. like this with the tree, blah, 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 you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was horrible. I hated it. <laughs> But then I, I moved from Madrid to Zamora. It's a small city. And uh, so I said, okay, I want to work on photography. And the only thing I know how to do and how to earn money could be weddings. So that's mm. how I started. But so at that point, I, I knew what I didn't want to do, but I didn't know what to do. So uh, okay. cool. that, that's how it started. It's that's almost cool. 18 years ago, you know. Wow, that is a long time. <laughs> I guess I think that was probably really good. You started re from the beginning, though, knowing what you didn't want to do. That is almost as important as knowing what you want to do. Yes, I think it's really important to know what you don't want. Mm. Yeah. Then how did you get your very first, like, paid wedding, your, you know, of your own? How did that happen? So when I arrived to Zamora, I went to all the photographers there. Nobody wanted to hire me. So I they're I lost. Put... They're lost. Look at them now, but they're regretting that. <laughs> oh my god, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> and then I I met a girl, she had a store and we, we bonded really well and we were talking and I talk about this and she said, Oh, I have a friend that is getting married and they don't want a photographer because they don't want they don't like the pictures. So I said, Okay, so I can do it, you know. And so the first year I shot four weddings like this. Okay. And then after that, uh, I I think I shot like 20 the wow. year after, and then the 30, and then I was just in business, you know? Right, yeah. Well, it was a quick rise then, really. Yes, um, but things were quite different back then. 
really, really different. What you mean in a kind of less competitive way or? Wow. So it was easier to be different because, you know, like everything was local. There was no internet thing, or at least I didn't know about this. And people in Samoa, it's a really small city. They didn't know about this. All that I knew was like what photographers were doing in this city. So everyone goes to the same street. It's a beautiful street, old street, but every every single couple that got married in Zamora has the same picture. So I knew I didn't I didn't want that. So Mm. what I did is I went out, you know, in the out the city, out of the city. So I was doing uh, with um, sunflowers and with yellow fields and all these things. So I started doing something different. Mm -hmm. And after two or three years of doing this. Other photographers started doing this <laughs> as well because people were asking for this. Mm-hmm. So they said, I was like, oh, no, I need to change again. So I came back to the city and I started shooting pictures in like a street photography in the other, in the other streets of Samara that were really nice, but not, it was not this iconic street. Okay. And then somebody started doing that. And so it was, it was always pushing me to not be comfortable in my, in my zone, you know? Mm. I think that's so important. It's great. You've been like that from the beginning as well and, and being different and not doing what everyone else is doing. And that's so important these days as well to be yourself and do what you want to do. Exactly. yeah, Yeah. It's such a competitive market. Oh, yes. Now, and, 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 you know, like the business has changed a lot and the people changed a lot and the weddings have changed, you know, like before they were just getting married and that's it. But now mm-hmm. they are looking for the lights, they're looking for the details, there are people mm. and, and that changes also the budget, you know, because mm. before the most important thing was like photos, the restaurant and the church or wherever they were going to do the ceremony. But now their budget divides in many other things. Mm, that's so and, true yes and now also like um with globalization and uh, all these uh, associations and everything on internet there's a lot of amazing photographers and mm. it's not that they were not back there back then but it was easier to to stand out from the crowd before mm. now to stand out of the crowd you have to do a lot of things Mm, that's so true it is different isn't it it is different um oh cool let's let's change tack slightly um okay. let's say <laughs> um if you had 24 hours totally to yourself to do whatever you wish and money is no object what would you do wow that's a tough question <laughs> <laughs> i like the tough ones i like the tough ones. yes it depends on like i i have like uh ideal days and i do those so so it's good Sometimes, um, if I'm alone, so let's say I don't have my kid and I'm alone completely, I would be home and I would be home all day and then just my sofa, my dog and just oh. walking around or watching Netflix. I'm a <laughs> Netflix colleague. Oh, that's cool. What's your fa- <laughs> what are you watching at the moment? Are you... Oh, I just finished watching Sex Education. Oh, is it good? You know, my... oh. <laughs> is it good? Yeah. It's really, 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 really good. Oh. I like. I mean, in many, in many ways, because uh, I started watching it just to get ready to what's coming up. Because my son is eleven years old, yeah, okay. so the first season I watched it like that and I liked it. But the second season is just uh, really amazing, and the lighting is 
it's so good and the and the composition and the frames and the storytelling and the stories that they're there it's just amazing oh that's cool i'll have to try my dad oh sorry oh sorry i was just going to say my dad only last week said he's just started to watch it he's in his late 70s and when when he was telling me uh, my mom was just such shaking her head (laughs) 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 but yeah he's really enjoying it so i should i should check it out that's cool do you have kids I do, yes, but they're very young. They're only five and eight. Okay, but but watch it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, because it's the same. It life changes so much that you know, like I, I'm, I'm, I'm young. I feel young, but uh, the things that happen around me in the kids and the teenagers, it's a different, complete new world. So I think watching things like this help you to open your mind. And to see how world is evolving and what is happening and in relationships and all these things. So, so it's interesting. So that was one of my, my ideal days. Another day would be dad with my son. I love to spend oh. time with him and we do doggy days. You do what day? Sorry. Doggy days. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so doggy day means we don't, we don't go out at all just to take out my dog to pee. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but, uh, and we watch uh, movies together or series and we play, we love to play table games and oh, cool. read and just uh, lay down together in the sofa. That's our favorite day. Oh, and then my lovely. third type of February day would be just being with Frank in, in, the, in Frank's uh, wooden house in the middle of the mountains. Oh, does he have a wooden? I didn't know that. Actually, that sounds lovely. You didn't know that? Oh my uh, God, that's that, that's paradise. Oh, really? Oh, that's that's cool. I was going to ask you um, about Frank because we, we, you know, we heard from him on a previous episode <laughs> and about how you work together. I thought it's only fair that you have your side as well. I love the Amsterdam <laughs> story, for instance. <laughs> um, yeah. So, what's it like being in a relationship with a fellow wedding photographer? Oh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't describe it like that because I'm not in a relationship with a fellow wedding photographer. I'm in a relationship with the most amazing man of the world. Oh, but, uh... yeah, of course. <laughs> I couldn't really ask it like that, but yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm just joking. No, I know. I'm, 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 it's a good thing it's a podcast because I'm red like a tomato. <laughs> <laughs> so, so first of all, like being in a relationship with a, it's a person that I admire a lot in many, in many ways. So in the aspect of um, professionally speaking, it's amazing because this is the first time I'm with somebody that challenges me professionally you know yeah in photographic speaking and it's amazing because uh, my photography has grown up so much these past three years and a half because he pushes me so much and he takes out the best of me and I and I love that and I love the way also when we share ideas it's like I I, I have an idea I tell him and then suddenly he he explains does that idea exponentially you know and so we grow up each other and I I know his photography has now some of my influence and my photography for sure has his influence and that is uh, that is beautiful to experiment and to see and to feel so that uh, professionally speaking it has been really nice that's cool. And then, uh, like in personal speaking, it's just amazing because we both like uh, 
we both have like the same values for for life and exactly. and dreams type of dreams you know so we both love to travel we both love our children we both have a partial time with our kids so so that that thing it's really nice because we are in the same page mm. oh that's so important isn't it oh yes <laughs> and it's someone that also um challenges me intellectually spiritually and personally and that is really amazing oh it, it sounds great it's lovely hearing both of you talk about each other I think I feel very lucky I think that's so lovely honestly it really is um, yeah, we are like uh, just like pop all the time like really really in love I think we're a really good match oh let's really see I, I found him in my life oh that's awesome and honestly from hearing both of you talk about each other it sounds like you're both so happy so that's just great it's awesome and what's it like actually shooting together you know on the same day do you enjoy because it people say it's nice to shoot a wedding with a close friend but I mean to shoot a wedding with someone that you love must be even I guess even more special really so so the good thing is that we we are a good team so as I told you before we exponential our own ideas so it's really nice there are some hard moments especially <laughs> because sometimes when we are working and when Frank is in the working wedding mode he's not a human being Oh really okay uh, he's he's like a robot and the people <laughs> that have worked with him understand what I say he never stops okay. and he doesn't understand uh, tiredness or or hungry or whatever you know <laughs> so one day like i tell you a story okay, uh, cool. one day we were on a wedding in bali okay we started at 4 30 a.m okay oh, wow that's early it was a long day but you know like they make a lot of make makeup and all these things yeah. and we had to go by car super far away and come back and so it was a long day <laughs> and i remember it was 7 p.m we were already back at the venue and they were having the cocktail and I was starving, like really, I need to eat, you yeah. know, <laughs> it's important. and they say Frank can not eat at all or eat it all. He has no, he has no, he can do whatever, you know, like he could eat all day and he eats a lot and you're like, oh my God, how can you put all that into that little body? <laughs> but then suddenly he can not eat at all in one day and, and oh, he's wow. okay. Wow. You know, but I need to eat. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. I was like, Frank, I'm really, I'm tired and I'm starving. And he was like, oh, really? How come? And I'm like, you know, it's 7.30 p.m. <laughs> We've been working since 4.30 a.m. Oh, we just man. had a quick sandwich. We haven't stopped working and I need to eat. The good thing is that he's okay with it, you know. So he's like, okay, just go rest. There's the food there. Just sit down. And I keep working. But then you feel bad because he's. <laughs> He doesn't stop working and you're eating, you know. <laughs> but the little secret is that at the end of the day, when it's, uh, you're in the party it, and it happened the first in the first wedding we shot together, we were not a couple back then. Okay. And uh, uh, he was working all day, blah, blah, blah. We're running all around. And then suddenly in the party, I'm a, I'm a super party at weddings, taking pictures person, okay? Okay. So I'm doing all my stuff and suddenly I'm like, oh my God, where is Frank? He disappeared. Okay. And I'm starting searching for him. And then if you want to look, if Frank is not there, you just have to go to the dessert table. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> and he's just 
sitting down with this big plate full of all the little desserts <laughs> and eating like a little kid. Like if he was a little kid that just stole these things. <laughs> so now I am, I'm doing a series of pictures of when Frank steals kids' desserts <laughs> at weddings. I look forward to seeing that body of work. That sounds good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's super funny because he 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 just transforms himself, you know. But oh. so, and uh, going back to the question, so it's really pleasant to work with him, but sometimes it's hard because he's really pushy, really, right. really pushy. <laughs> so he would he he would come to you and say, "Okay, let me see," and you give him your camera and pa 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 pa, and he would look and he's like, "No, work harder." So <laughs> stay here so at the beginning it was most likely like this so with him i learned to stay longer just to look up for a picture okay and then sometimes he he's working so hard and he's so pushy and i remember uh, this past year we were in miami and it uh, we were working together but and he was just like super pushy and he was pushing me blah 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 and i got mad you know i was like oh oh my God, you know, let me be. But then I, I I always, when I get into this mood, I try. I don't always make it, but I try to step back and have a conversation with myself. Mm. And I say, okay, so what makes you mad? Because he's really working really hard and he's pushing you and he's he wants just to, you to be better, you know? Mm. And then I say, yes, of course. So I'm getting mad because I, I'm getting mad with myself because I'm lazy. <laughs> And then I was like, okay, so I cannot get mad with him because he's such a hard worker and he's doing the best he can, you know? Mm -hmm. So then you just say, okay, you just do, let him do and you do your thing, you know? And mm -hmm. you learn from it, from him, yes. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> I love hearing uh, those stories about you working together. I think that's awesome. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I read something you wrote recently um, about moments being like waves, and you're you're searching for the highest the highest peak of peak. the moment. Yeah, can you yeah. tell us about that? Yes. Okay. So you know, like a moment, it's a, it's not just one thing. It's a complete action, mm. and the action has like the previous of the action and the all the action evolving and doing so let's say two people are getting uh, are going to hug okay so they walk to each other or one person walks to the other and then the hug appears and they say something and then suddenly maybe they look to each other and they hug again and then they look to each other and then they go so the whole moment it's all this right. if i only take one picture and i'm just uh, i take a snapshot of something that happened but I don't know if that's the best snapshot I can take. Mm. So if I am there in the whole moment, so in my conference I say there's a definition I love in the Romans, said a moment, it's what happens in one minute and 40 seconds. Okay? okay. Mm -hmm. So it's not that you have to stay there one minute and 40 seconds. Sometimes it's five minutes, sometimes it's just 30 seconds. And, you know, but the thing is that if you stay from the beginning till the end and each picture that you do, it's just trying to get better than before one because first you react and you do one picture and then you say, oh my God, there's this a stick out of the head. Of, so what if I just switch a little bit to the left and then a little bit down and then, you know, and, and you work on it and you let the, the moment uh, evolve in front of you and you take all these pictures. Then afterwards, when everything is calm and you're in your computer, 
you can see how this moment has different it's like a wave goes up and down up and down and then you can be able to choose the highest peak the highest expression of that moment and it also depends on on your mood you can you can change your, your idea with time let me tell you like um in this miami wedding okay there's this picture i have it in my best of it's how i start okay mm -hmm. i start with this with this uh, showing all the moment okay so that if you're curious you can see that you can go to search for my best of, of okay. last year and at the beginning i have this i have all the pictures i show all the pictures of this hug with the with the bride and the and her father okay and actually at the beginning at this moment this wedding was in may and when i selected this picture i was in colombia i had to go to colombia because my father almost died yeah. and uh, he was he was really really badly and i went to colombia i had just to go like from thursday to saturday i flew to colombia and i yeah. took my computer and i did the selection of this wedding okay mm -hmm. and the first picture i selected for them it's uh, it's one picture they are looking to each other but they're crying the bride is crying mm -hmm. and then now that some months have passed by and i was doing my best of and i was i had this idea to show the whole moment I realized I didn't select the best picture I would select because now things are going better. My my dad is doing better and I'm more happy about it. And now I realized there was another picture that that she was crying, but she was happy. Okay. Was smiling. So now my selection is that. My highest wow. peak now is that. And that also relates on on what I say. It's like depending on how you are and what you're doing and dealing with in your life your photography is going to change wow that's so interesting isn't it to think yeah. how us as a photographer our mood on a day or even as you're saying how you're feeling afterwards in the kind of editing phase can can affect what we show or what we think is important it's it's very interesting yeah yeah yeah. and you know you don't do it consciously because i just selected mm. a picture and i love that picture but afterwards I was I was looking at it. I was like, "Wow!" Now I think that the smiling it's better. And now I selected this picture, you know. Yeah. But just well, because I did the exercise for my best of, because I had this idea to show it like that, you know. Mm. No, that's cool. That's really interesting. And I I loved what you were saying about, you know, the moment being like waves and the highest peak and shooting from the beginning through to the end and trying different things and always trying to get a better image. And I think that is vital as well. And I remember early in my career, you know, people are questioning photographers who shoot, you know, seven, eight thousand frames or more. But <laughs> it's like, you know, I don't know how many you shoot. I shoot a lot, but I just I want to try, as you're saying, you know, to to make each frame better than the last one and to get, you know. You know, like uh, this past year, I gave a conference in non-wedding photographer uh, a conference. Okay, oh, okay. it's a photojournalist conference. Right. So. When I said, I, I show an example, I, sh I shoot 741 pictures, just to take one picture, okay? Right, okay. And yeah. I don't shoot, I don't shoot uh, high, blah, blah, blah. No, I shoot picture by picture, okay? Mm -hmm. They were like, oh my God, they were making counts and they were saying me like, uh, I don't know how many rolls of film they said <laughs> it was. And they were just like, oh, my God, you shot like 20 rolls of films just to take one picture. Mm -hmm. And they were just like blown away. But but, you know, like I think uh, 
we when we when you have the tools, you have to take advantage of them. Mm, totally. And now we can we can we can do that. And I'm happy to do that. I'm happy to have a digital camera. As I said, I don't shoot. I think if you shoot like in the burst mode, you don't think. Mm. And yeah. it, it's uncontrolled. It's like if you grab a ta -ta 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 metralleta. <laughs> I don't know how to say it in English. <laughs> I think I know what you mean, though. Yes. Yeah. But if you go shoot by shoot, you can really perfection and really try to dig in the moment and afterwards select what's best you know mm, totally I 100% agree with that and you have more options at the end to choose which is the best as well it's not it's not a badge of honor to say you only shoot a wedding in like a thousand frames at all you know I don't see it like that mm. yeah I think I'm around six to eight thousand yeah maybe. It depends on the wedding. It depends on how many things happen, but more mm. or less, yes, would be that an average. Yeah. No, I'm same same as you, and I totally agree with that approach. Definitely. <laughs> um, what do you think about the overall concept of wedding photography? Then I think that was interesting. You spoke at a non-wedding photography conference. Um, yeah. What, oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about it? So, I think uh, I, I think the. Um, the industry of wedding photography has evolved a lot. It has changed a lot. I've been here for 18 years almost, mm -hmm. and it has changed quite a lot. And I'm not sure the world outside knows exactly what is happening in the wedding industry, you know? Right. Mm -hmm. So we actually, you know, photo, um, Frank is a photojournalist as well. And sometimes we go to events or we are in places that it's not wedding photographers is just photojournalists and other types of photographers and you're having conversations with them and oh okay I, and you you're a photographer oh yes I'm so what do you do I'm a wedding photographer and you can see it in their faces <laughs> like oh, it's like if I say I clean bathrooms <laughs> right you know? yeah mm. and um so because they they have this idea of wedding photography that that like when I started back then like mm. what we did for wedding photography was move your face, look at the flowers, look at me, put your mm. hand in your cheek, blah, 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 and these things, you know? Mm. Yeah. But actually, I think wedding photography is one of the most complete photographies in the world. Mm. But there's one thing I, I wanted to, to remark about this, that it's like we as um, wedding photographers are also uh, guilty of this image that, that the world has about us. So what do I mean? You go to Instagram and you search for wedding photographers, okay? Mm -hmm. And then you look at their Instagrams and most of the pictures are just couple pictures. Mm, so true. Mm. So true, you know? And actually, I know that if I, I, if I upload a couple picture, that is going to have more engagement, more likes, blah, blah, mm. blah. It's going to reach more people than if I upload a moment picture. Yeah. But for me, a couple picture, it's a couple picture. You can do that any day, you know? It's like mm. we can just go now, right now, you put your wedding dress or you just dress whatever and we go to the mountains and we do a nice epic picture. Mm. That could be any moment. But the wedding, it's special. It's a lot of people are there. They're never going to be in a place to all together ever again, yeah. ever again. And it's a moment where everyone is more open to emotions and to show and to share emotions. So 
me as a wedding photographer, me, Rocio Vega, I feel responsible of capturing these emotions and these connections. Mm. And uh, I decided to show this in my work. I can do an epic couple picture. I'm not as good as other photographers doing that, but it's not what interests me. What interests me is I'm, I'm drawn for the relationships. And that's what, because for me, that's, those are the important pictures mm-hmm. in life. Oh, I couldn't but, agree with you more. <laughs> yes, but if you search in Google wedding photography, you're going to look at a lot of couple pictures. Mm, so true. And that was one of the reasons of starting this reportage as well. I was trying to kind of push back against that and trying to make it, you know, say hi, people. You know, it's it's more about the moments. That's what weddings exactly. are about. It's not about going up onto a mountain. Um, it's well, tricky though. You just do a um, how is it called now? What people elopement? Yes. Oh you yeah. Just mm. Go to people, your photographer, and maybe someone else, and you just get married in the middle of the mountains in a beautiful place, mm-hmm. and you do an elopement, and that's. That's totally fine. Yeah. But that is an elopement. If you're doing a wedding and you're inviting all these people and you're putting all this money and all this effort into one day, it's not about a couple picture. It's about a family gathering and friends mm. gathering. Yeah. It's tricky. But also, as you were saying, I also understand it from the other point of view. It's tricky for photographers who you were saying, if you put a portrait up, you know, you're probably going to get more like and oh, yes. more, more engagement, which means then their business is getting seen by more people. So it, I understand it's tricky for photographers who obviously want to increase their reach and its businesses. So they're torn between putting portraits up and getting more interactivity or maybe putting a great moment up. And then it, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's tricky, isn't it? It's a tricky thing. It's really, it's really tricky and it's a tough decision to make. You know, I was uh, also in a conference, you, 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 I hear many photographers and sometimes I go to conferences that have many styles of wedding photographers. And there was this, uh, this girl, she's a super, um, she has a really nice business and, uh, and, and she was saying that nobody wants to see the moments of other people's lives. Mm-hmm. So she only posts pictures of couples, you know? Right, okay. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh, but, but she's right, you know? So she has a huge Instagram. She has a lot of likes and it mm. works for her. Yeah. So I think we, we just, as, 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 as the, at the beginning of my journey, as I told you 20 years ago, when I decided to be a, a photographer, I think uh, what... You, what I have to do, or what I try to do, is to be aligned with myself, mm. to be true to what I feel, you know. And uh, right now, in this moment of my life, I am true to moments and connections, and that's what I'm searching for. So I put that out in the world and and cross my fingers, and I hope that people that are drawn into the same things come to me. I know it's it's harder. I, I cannot say the contrary because I would be lying. And it's harder and harder to book weddings and all these things, you know. But at least I know that uh, 100% of the weddings that I have, it's just uh, uh, clients that I love, mm-hmm. that I know I have this connection because they are looking for this. Yeah. So that work is going to get working for them it's just, it feels so right. 
Yeah, and that's what makes you happy. It's pointless doing work that you don't have the heart in. You know, that's one of the reasons why we work for ourselves, isn't it? Is to do the things that we love. So there's no point doing what we don't enjoy, really. Exactly. But, you know, like everyone has its own different reasons and mm. its own economy and its own things. And uh, you just have to to find your own way and uh, to do... but at least to be truth to yourself. But for mm. some people, maybe it's really important to have a, an, an amazing business and have 30 weddings a, a year. I couldn't do 30 weddings a year. I couldn't mm. handle it. But <laughs> not handle it, like emotionally handle it. Because right, okay. I give myself a lot to it, mm. you know? Yeah. And uh, I, I wouldn't like it anymore. I, 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 I've been there. I <laughs> shot like 34 weddings in a year with... 34 engagements and with all these things and I don't want that I know I've been there and I don't want that mm, that's cool it's cool you know what you want and as you're saying yeah people are in this business for all different types of reasons and there are no right or wrong we all have our different wants and the parts that we really enjoy so we've just got to do what what we want really yeah yeah I think so I think that's the most important thing and and everyone does their best and I think everyone should do their best to do to do what what is good for them you know because what is good for me it's not good for you yeah and wouldn't it wouldn't it be boring if we were all doing exactly the same as well yes but you know like exactly so that this is also the edge one of the edges of wedding photography is that uh, there's a lot of a lot of the same mm. you know like we live a, a day that it's quite the same everywhere mm. you know like yeah the bride gets ready, they say yes, there are <laughs> <Hopefully>. <laughs> hugs, they eat, and mm. there's a party, most likely, okay? Yeah. No matter where you go. So what does, what do you find different? So that's why I believe, like, connecting on a personal level makes it different. Mm. And when you've been shooting weddings for so long, if I shoot always the same, it would get boring mm. for me. So... Okay. So, so that's why that's my approach. But then you go outside in the world and wedding photographers and because of the, um, of the contest and all these things, photography has evolved a lot. There's amazing photographers like here in Spain in the last seven years. Wow. It's amazing how the level of photography has rised up, you know, yeah. but then you can, you can see tendencies like sometimes you see a picture and you know this is uh, from Netherlands. Oh, and right. Okay, cool. You know this is from Spain. You know, like we have this signature. And it's because we tend consciously or unconsciously, we tend to go with the group. And then we mm. tend to go in the same space, you know. And visually yeah. speaking, we tend to, to copy, you mm. know. So that is also hard to to deal with, and uh, so I I always struggle with this, and I try to to please myself okay. and to feel comfortable with my pictures. Mm. So I don't know. <laughs> do you do you look at a lot of other wedding photographers' work, or do you purposefully not do that, or not especially neither one thing or another? Right, okay. Like before, many years ago, I, I was looking a lot to wedding photographers. Now I I don't, but it's almost impossible not to to see others' photographers. Yeah, that's work. true. 
But because I like I, I every time there's the this reportage, a fearless awards and everything, I, I, I take a look at it because it's so amazing and inspiring and you would be dumb if you close your eyes to that. Mm-hmm. But I'm not in search of that all the time. And I think uh, inspiration comes from many, many, many places. Yeah. I love this thing. Do you know Monica Munoz? I don't know. No. Oh, you have to know her. She's amazing. She's uh, from Chile. Okay. But now she lives in in Berlin. Okay. And uh, once uh, in a conference, she said, if you eat weddings, you poo weddings. <laughs> okay. So you just have to add variety to your diet, you mm, know. That makes sense. So, yes. So we really, I love to go to to um, uh, exhibitions. So mm-hmm. whenever I travel, when whatever city I am at, with if I'm with Frank or alone, we will always uh, look. What are the exhibitions right now? Okay. So I look at the list and I just try to go to the one that. I think it's going to please me more. Sometimes it's uh, just a theater or sometimes it's just an exhibition, a classic exhibition. Sometimes it's a modern thing and, you know, whatever. So I try to keep in touch looking at all these things. And uh, also, Frank, every Christmas he gives me a really nice photo book. Oh, cool. So that's nice because you, you see other type of photography and more classical photography maybe or documentary approach or whatever and mm. um, I love to see also documentary uh, photojournalists right okay yeah and I Netflix think also I, it's a big inspira- inspiration I think it's a really good idea to have that kind of variety and inspiration um, you know variety is a spice of life and I think for me is you know with running this reportage as well I can be so kind of weddings you know because I'm seeing this wedding photography all the time all the time Uh, yeah (laughs) which you know obviously I love it but I think that variety what you're saying there um yeah does really resonate I think that's so true I need to be more like that I think yes because you know like even if you do it or you don't everything that you do in your in your daily life it's going to have an impact in what you produce okay and what we produce is Photography, wedding photography, okay? So if I watch silly videos all the time or if I watch uh, bad TV shows all the time, that's what I'm going to have in my energy in the back of my mind and everything is going to smell like that. I, I listened to your the podcast, uh, you the interview you did to Fabio Mirula. Oh, yeah. And he was saying he was he's watching um, cartoons and anime and all these things. Mm. And his pictures, if you see them, he's so funny, you know. That's and, so true, yeah. And and what he, he looks in his daily life, it's what he's producing. And his weddings are exactly the same. Like, I could go to that wedding. Actually, we're going to try to go together to a wedding this year. I oh, can't cool. Wait. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah, because when you go with another photographer, it's like, oh, my God, we were in the same place. (laughs) (laughs) And the work is so different, yeah. Yes, so which means that we all see in a different way because we are open to things or not. It's like when when, when, when your wife gets pregnant or when you want to have a kid, before that, you don't even notice a pregnant woman. But when you're trying to have a baby... 
everybody's pregnant. Like you're <laughs> pregnant, the woman from crossing the street, and, and you're like, wow, oh my God, it's baby boom around me or whatever, <laughs> you know? And it's yeah. only because in your mind, you somehow you're focusing on that. And that was there all the time, but you didn't see it because there's so many things happening around us that if we if we were 100% aware of everything around us, our our brain would collapse. Mm. No, so it. it's a saving mode. It's a safe mode our our brain does, and we just hide things for for ourselves. And this is in the good and in the bad way. So that's why if we are open and we are searching for something, we can find it. If, we, if you don't search for something, you might not find it. You know, and um, so if you are looking for art, if you are looking Netflix again, <laughs> but in a way like like really nice shows that for me they have to be like at least interesting or good lighting and good composition. Sometimes I watch like trashy things just to unplugged from everything also. Mm. But I try to balance all these things because I want the things to be in the back of my mind to be as quality, high quality as possible. Mm. I think that's great, great advice. It really is. Um, let's go, let's change tack again slightly. What, okay. We're still about photography, but I think one of your many strengths, I think, is your use of flash in your documentary work. You know, can you tell yeah. us about that, your approach to flash, how you make it work for you? Okay, yes. You know, like I started using flash off camera like long, long time ago. I think um, it was like uh, back in 2012. Okay. So that was long, long, long ago. <laughs> yeah. I used it and then I stopped using it. And then I was like, um, like uh, uh, entering this oh, documentary approach and moments and all these things. So I had this dilemma inside of me like the feeling that if I I was a photojournalist in wedding I couldn't touch anything and I couldn't and putting light was definitely like touching the scene you know mm. so I was really struggling and sometimes you just go and this the light available light is just shitty it's mm -hmm. not good yeah and that is not going to help my photography but I was struggling inside of me and as I told you we go with Frank to many places and things and we went to Arles you know uh, Arles oh, okay. um, it's in the south of France you know like oh, okay. it's in Van Gogh the, the oh, coffee okay. painting right. okay so in this in this little town every year they do they do a photo exhibition all over the city. It's really amazing. And it's arts and photojournalism and all these things. And it's really, it's really nice, you know. And there I, I met um, this uh, photojournalist, uh, Alex Maioli. And he was there and he gave a little speech and we were able to make uh, questions, you know. Mm -hmm. And he uses flash in his documentary photography. Okay. Yeah. It's just amazing. Oh. His work is just, I, I love it, you know. And when you see these pictures printed so big and you see the flash, you're like, oh, my God. And I'm, I feel so stupid, you know, because mm -hmm. I'm struggling to put the flash and blah, blah, blah. And he's doing this in photojournalism. And these are pictures that are changing the world, you know. Right. A wedding is just a wedding. There's no war going to start because I took out a bottle of water or <laughs> I moved something. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that helped me a lot. And since that moment, I started 
like taking my flash everywhere and just put it in. And if I need it, I use it. If I don't need it, I don't use it, you know? Mm. And, um, and after that, I had a wedding. Uh, it was an outside wedding. They were going to be in the shadow, blah, blah, blah. And that was two years ago. And suddenly, like the bride dressing white, she's white. And he was uh, uh, not, like, his skin was more dark. Mm-hmm. And he was in the shadow. And she was in the only spot of light that came in. Mm, you right. Know? Yeah. And my flashes were in my car. And I was like, oh, my God. So this is never going to happen to me ever again. So I always put my flash. If I need it, I use it. If I don't need it, it is there. That's cool. Yeah, that's great. And it works Uh, beautifully. Oh, thank you. And I think a flash really, if you use it uh, wisely, and you you, you, you can use it to enhance and to tell better stories, you know. Mm. So that's, that's my approach to it. It's just a tool. Totally, yeah. And you're not changing the moments. You're not posing people just by using oh. flash at all. So No, 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 no. So what I say, it's like I have a documentary approach, but with an artistic view, mm. which means like before everything starts, like when I get to the getting ready, even if it's a house, a hotel or whatever, if it's a house, I would go in every single room of the of the house and I will let them know what I think it's best. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I tell them in advance this. So I will just tell the bride, oh, would you mind please getting dressed here? And if I have to take out the bottle of water or the horrible painting that it's in the back because it's not her, it's in, it's in a hotel room and no taste or whatever, I take it out, you know? Right. But mm-hmm. after that, I don't touch anything. I'm not going to tell her, look here, do this, uh, kiss again, or can you repeat that? I'm not going to touch anything. But before, in advance, I'm going to make decisions that will help me to clean my picture and to be better. If I can change in advance some things of the venue, like they're getting, I arrive and they're placing the, the bride and the groom for this outdoor ceremony. If I can move something i will i will tell them the the person that is doing it oh you know here there's gonna be the sun and the shadow can you please do it here or whatever if i Mm. can but uh, if i cannot i will deal with it the best that i can and this is when my flash comes really handy and uh, well not a bare flash i never use a naked flash (laughs) right okay You're, are you like a Magmod ambassador, aren't you? Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Yeah. But I don't say this because I'm a Magmod ambassador. I've been using <laughs> Magmod, I think, since 2013. Since the, the year they released it, I've been using it, you know? Right. Okay, cool. And uh, I'm a Magmod lover because uh, it it's easy and it, it plays with the light really nicely. So I have my favorite tools and I love the way it spreads light and it really helps me. Yeah, that's cool. And it looks great in your work as well. Um, do you eat the canapes, by the way? Do you eat the canapes? Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah right. I thought you were talking about food earlier. I think you, you would be up for having a canapé or two. <laughs> yes, I, I, I drink Coca-Cola. Like oh, in nice. Like wedding day, I really need my Coca-Cola is uh, my drink. And Frank is always saying, drink water, drink water. I'm like, I drink Coca-Cola. I drink Coca-Cola. Because <laughs> <laughs> I want to keep up, you know? Yeah, it's good. Normally, yeah. I don't drink it on my daily basis. Oh, okay. But on the weddings, it's good. Yeah. 
definitely i love coke as well i'm only allowed real coke at christmas in my house <laughs> um, and uh, the cannabis and not always because i'm a really i'm really picky i, I eat really normal things so oh, most okay. of the time cannabis are not that I'm more fancy and, and it's weird and I don't want to do a weird face or, you know, like I don't like a lot of fish or strong things. But if I see something that I like, yes, I would eat. And I talk about this with my couples before, you know. Uh, okay, yeah, so they know. Yes, because I, I shoot around 12, 15 hours. I need to eat. Oh, yeah, definitely. I totally relate to that. Oh, uh, Rosie, I think we've just got time for one more question. Um, okay. It's gone so quickly. It's gone so quickly. I've loved it. Oh my it. God, um, do I speak more than Frank? <laughs> uh, you've been brilliant. You've been so good. I loved it. Um, well, I think, like, what would be your top tips to help someone become better at the documentary side specifically? Okay, top tips. First, and I think the most important thing is connect with yourself. Work on yourself. You know, like work on your emotions and know yourself better because the more you know yourself, the more you are able to face your emotions, you're going to be able to see the emotions in others. Okay. So for me, empathy is a huge thing. And as I said, it's something you can work on. And first you have to be empathic with yourself and to be empathic with yourself. You have to accept yourself and to see and dig inside. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that would be one tip. Another tip is stay true to yourself. So it's also a bit the same, you know, like listen to yourself and work on, on, your, on your skills, technical skills. Mm. You can always, always learn. Photography is just amazing. You, you, ne you never end. I mm -hmm. don't know. You, yeah. I, you're never fulfilled. You can always learn. And the, the more you listen to other photographers, the more you go to conferences or to workshops, the more you learn, even mm. if it's what not to do. Mm. Yeah, that can be just as important. Mm. Yes, you know, because sometimes you're like, oh, I don't like this photography. I don't want to see it or I, I don't feel attracted to it. But if I have the opportunity to listen to this person, why not? You know, because he might teach me something, the things I don't see in a different way mm -hmm. and sometimes you can learn what not to do or what what not to do for you because it doesn't work for you mm. you know what i mean it's not that the person is doing right or wrong it's not about judging it's about learning mm. and learning what works for you and how do you feel and how it aligns with yourself so yes i encourage to to keep on learning to go to conferences, to go to workshops, and um, to read, to look at art, to mm. to select really well what what you your diet. <laughs> right, yeah, what you're putting in that makes sense. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, Rosie, I think honestly, thank you so much for, for for all your time and your great stories and great advice. That was awesome. Thank you. I'm sorry. I talk a lot. Oh, oh no, you didn't. You, you speak just perfectly. It was great. It's so interesting. I loved it. I really loved it. Um, and if anyone's listening, you know, while they're running or editing or head to thisreportage.com and I'll include lots of Rocio's work and links to her website as well. And okay. oh, oh, one last one last thing, because you just said running. Keep fit. It's so important. 
to oh, be okay. to be in good shape, you know, because mm -hmm. when you're tired, you don't think the same. So that's my last um, uh, advice: uh, keep in shape. Yeah, but that is so important, isn't it? Maybe yeah. don't run. Maybe not run as much as Frank runs, though, doesn't he? Runs. Oh, that's impossible! I told you, he's not human. <laughs> 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 oh that's funny oh no Rosie honestly thank you so much and I hope I hope I get to meet you one day that'd be lovely yes I, I think I, uh, we might meet uh, maybe in um, in London this year late maybe oh that'd be cool that'd be great I'd love that I would honestly love that that'd be awesome yes thank you very much thank you thanks for all your time and that was just brilliant thank you see you later see you bye Rosie You've been listening to the 19th episode of the This Is Reportage podcast. Rocio was fab. Thoroughly enjoyed chatting to her. I hope you enjoyed it too. Head to thisisreportage.com to see more of Rocio's work, where there's also a link to her best of, so you can see the series of photos from the hug that she talks about in the podcast. If you enjoyed the episode today, you can subscribe to our show on iTunes to be notified when each new weekly episode is ready, bringing you advice, tips and backstories from some of the world's best photographers each week. And if you have a few minutes to give us a review, that would be massively appreciated. Each review increases the chance of these fab people getting heard by more and more listeners. And if you're not yet a member of TIR, check out all the benefits of joining us, including an unlimited number of images on your profile, 60 reportage award and 18 story award entries per year, invites to our physical meetups and parties, exclusive discounts and more. Deadline for our next collection is just a week away now too, 2359 GMT on 24th of March 2020. No poses, nothing staged, this is Reportage. And this is bye for now.